0: Feeling satisfied in your job, experiencing job satisfaction, experiencing true growth is going to increase the quality of your entire life. I want to equip you with the most important tools that you will need to make sure you're on an accelerated path to leadership. Go out, get the promotion, rise up, start enjoying all of the things that your career has out there. Like the future of your career is waiting for you. Start having fun and start going after it. Welcome to the Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Jess. I am the host and creator of this podcast. I'm a career coach for women in the 9 to 5 space and I help women build confidence and find their voice and rise up and become super powerful and feel super powerful in their careers. And This is part three of my three-part series of building wealth in your corporate career. So if you have made it here, I am celebrating you because it means you are serious. It means you are committed. It means you are really interested in making a shift and experiencing deeper growth and in enjoying the fruits and the rewards that come with those efforts, right? When you do the work to grow your confidence, to position yourself for leadership roles, you get enjoy the benefits at the other side of that journey, which is feeling powerful, being less stressed in your role, being super well compensated, feeling excited and enthused about your career path. These are all things that, in my opinion, are so worth the squeeze. And so I'm glad that you've made it all the way to part three of this series. Very excited to dive into part three I'm going to be walking you through the three most important things to be doing to ensure that you are on a path to accelerated growth and a path to leadership, which is pretty much the the path to building wealth in a nine to five or corporate career path. And before I do that, I will give you a super quick recap of part one and part two, and then we'll dive right into part three. So in part one of this series, I talked about the difference between building wealth and negotiating salary. And I talked about how in the professional development space, especially in in the women's professional development space, there's this heavy emphasis on negotiating salary, getting paid your worth, blah, blah, blah. And that stuff is quite important. It's something I help clients with. It's something that I think is super important, which is making sure that you're not underpaid, getting big salary bumps, being really smart and strategic about that. However, I think that that conversation almost hides from a bigger conversation, which is the fact that if you are on a track to executive leadership in your career, the compensation that you earn in your nine to five career grows by multiple orders of magnitude. And the difference between the compensation you'll earn on an executive path versus the compensation you'll earn if you plateau somewhere in like early to middle management it is huge. And it's so much huger than anything that you could possibly earn through being really, really good at negotiating. And so it's sort of like... It's sort of like there's this saying like stepping over dollars to pick up pennies, which it it's intended to express this idea that like when you're missing the big picture, you might go for something that's much too small when you can be going for something much, much bigger. And that doesn't exactly capture the spirit of what I'm sharing, but it's sort of like you know, it's sort of like a sample size candy bar versus a full size candy bar or like a jumbo Costco size candy bar. Negotiating salary gets you like these little um, bumps in compensation, kind of like bite size candy bars, which are awesome. But when you're on a path to executive leadership, the order of magnitude of what you're earning is so much higher. It's it's like jumping from the bite-sized candy bar to like the Costco-sized candy bar. And so it's not that we don't like the bite-sized candy bar. I love those little Snickers. They're so good. The ratio of like chocolate to filling, so delicious, right? But we also want to be clear on whether we are interested in the bigger Costco-sized candy bar and whether that's something we want in our careers and in our lives. And if so... I want to equip you with the confidence and the tools to help you go after it. And so that was part one. Part one was me basically explaining to you the difference between salary negotiation, which is equivalent to the bite-sized candy bar, and then building wealth in your corporate career, which is equivalent to the Costco or jumbo-sized candy bar. Then in part two of this series, I talked about limiting beliefs And I walked you through some thoughts that you might hold within you that might prevent you from believing that you are capable of being on an executive path and building wealth for yourself. And if they keep you from believing you're capable, they will also keep you from taking the action that will prove to you that you are, in fact, capable. And so I walked you through those limiting beliefs, and my goal there is really to grow and deepen your awareness of the ways in which your own thinking might be slowing you down. And today, this is where the rubber hits the road, because I'm going to share with you the three biggest things that you want to be focused on and thinking about if it is important for you to be on a path to executive leadership Whether it's because you want to build wealth, which is a totally legit reason, whether it's because you want to lead because that feels really cool and exciting for you, whether it's because you want to have a bigger impact in your career, whether it's because you just want to prove to yourself that you can shatter your perceived limitations and do really hard, cool, amazing things, like whatever your reason is. I want to equip you with the most important tools that you will need to make sure you're on an accelerated path to leadership. And the word accelerated is really important here because the pace at which you get promoted is going to determine if during your career span, you attain those higher executive positions or not. And so, The three pieces that I'm going to cover in part three, it's part three and there's three pieces. And if you've listened to this show, you probably know, I love thinking in sets of three. So no surprise that we have three things, but the three things that you are going to want to focus on if you are serious about being on a path to executive leadership, if you want to build wealth, if you want to grow your impact, if you want to step into those higher positions over time, the three things you want to focus on are one, spending your valuable career years in organizations that promote rapid elevation into higher roles. That is number one. Number two is making yourself irreplaceable in said organizations. And number three is getting visible in said organizations. So it is being in the right organizations And then once you're in those organizations, making sure that you are irreplaceable within those companies that you work for. And the third one is making sure you are visible, which means people see you, they're aware that you're irreplaceable within the organization, which makes them want to retain and promote you. So I know I just shared a mouthful and your brain might be like, that kind of felt like a lot, Jessica. Totally get it that's my cat. She's she's overwhelmed, right? She, okay. She's telling me <laughs> that I'm sharing a lot with you, but don't worry. I'm going to be breaking it down one by one. We're going to walk through each one and we're going to get really practical and really tangible and tactical in terms of exactly what it is you need to do. Now, one thing I'll say before diving into these is that this requires effort. This is an, an investment of energy. It requires you to probably grow your confidence and do some inner work and definitely mindset work to help you execute these steps. This isn't a quick fix. These aren't things that you can do in 24 hours, and then all of a sudden you're on a path to leadership and management. These are long-term steps that you take that you build over time, you build them over months, you build them over years, right? That contribute to you then getting these big bumps and getting advanced in these promotion cycles over time as you move through your career. So this isn't like a quick turnaround kind of thing. This is like, this takes months to years kind of thing, and you keep doing these things and they keep building and they keep enabling you to advance. So the first thing that I shared is making sure that you're in organizations that promote growth and promote fairly fast and aggressive upward mobility within the organization itself. This is so important. The simplest way that I can explain this is you can really just imagine that there are two different kinds of organizations. And of course, they're shades of gray. Of course, they're organizations that will fall somewhere in the middle. But by me drawing this contrast, it's going to help you look around at the organization you're in right now and start to evaluate whether it's an ideal organization to be spending your valuable career time and your valuable career years. So there's two types of organizations. There's ones that promote upward mobility and really reward talent aggressively, and there are ones that don't. The ones that promote upward mobility and reward talent aggressively, the way that you will know that you are in an organization like this is if you look around, you will see that most of the people around you don't stay in their same roles for very long. So after two, three-ish years, people pretty much tend to elevate into a next level role. Maybe they make a lateral move if they're interested in acquiring a new skill, but there's lots of growth happening around you. Promotions are being announced on your team every cycle. New um, senior executive positions are opened up and people are moved into them after they've done a good job in their role. And there's kind of this regular cadence of people moving upward. You, You see it, you notice it, it's happening cycle after cycle. And there aren't a lot of people around you that you can look around and point to and say, wow, that person has been in that exact role doing really good work for a really long time and they still haven't been moved upwards, right? You're not going to see a lot of people like that. So that's the first kind. those are those are organizations that promote quickly. <laughs> then there's organizations that promote slowly. Here's how I think of these kinds of organizations. It's like when you go into an attic, that no one ever goes in, and it's dusty, and there's cobwebs and spiderwebs, and the boxes in the attic look like they've never been moved for years, and there's maybe some old furniture that's collecting dust that looks like it hasn't been used or sat on in decades. If an organization is kind of like that stale, dusty attic, people are just in their same roles For years, there is rarely a promotion except if someone like retires or finally leaves a position and everything is really still and static and there's very little movement happening. You're not getting those announcements every six to 12 months of who got promoted and who's growing into this new role and that new role. It's pretty much the same old, same old. And then every once in a while, someone gets promoted and it's a huge ass deal If that's the vibe in your organization, it's one that promotes more slowly, right? It's probably an organization that does not have, as one of its main priorities, the priority of accelerating and promoting and growing talent. Now, my strong philosophy, this is what I did in my career, and this is a hard thing to do, and I know that, but my strong philosophy is as soon as I realize I'm in a place that is more like the dusty cobwebby kind of attic, I am out of there as fast as possible. I do not want to spend, I didn't want to spend my valuable professional corporate years that are limited in an organization where I was going to be stagnant. The more years that I spend stagnant, the longer it takes me to grow into the roles that are going to be more enjoyable and more rewarding. And also, this is a series on wealth, the less lifetime wealth I generate throughout my career. If you want to also, depending on how, you know, how excited you are about very executive leadership positions, but if those positions are important to you, you pretty much want to be continuously growing and continuously getting promoted, you don't want to be spending large stretches of your career plateauing at the same position, right? When you're continually growing, your resume is stronger, so it then feeds future growth, right? Because there's a clear story that you enter into organizations and you do a good job and you move up. So once you start getting those regular promotions, then when you switch organizations or you're out in the job market, your resume like looks amazing because it's got all this growth on it. And also, in addition to that, you're making the most out of the years that you are investing in your career, right? So you can think of your time as an investment. And the way that I think about it is just like when you're investing your money, let's say in the stock market, or you want to invest in some kind of like financial product that's going to generate an ROI on your investment. You can invest in a product that gives you 1% interest or you can invest your money somewhere that gives you 10% interest, right? Now, there's nothing wrong with 1% interest. That's beautiful. That's great. That's 1%. But if you could be getting 10%, then all of a sudden the 1% doesn't look so good because it's getting in the way of the 10% that you could be creating. And that's how I think about investing your time in an organization that rewards and promotes slowly or sometimes even not at all. It's like you're investing your time in that really low ROI account that's giving you very little interest when there are other accounts out there you could be investing in, other companies you could be spending that same Monday through Friday work week going to and actually getting rewarded for it and actually getting back sometimes more than you feel like you are putting in. And so for me, that opportunity cost felt very high. It felt very high for me to stay at an organization if I didn't feel like there was fast growth and fast upward mobility. And I was someone where when I would job search, I would specifically seek out organizations and teams and leaders that had a reputation for really rewarding and developing talent at a fairly quick pace. And if I took a position and things started to slow down or stagnate and I didn't feel like I was experiencing that growth, that was a signal for me to start looking. I know I see this so often with my clients. Changing jobs and leaving organizations can feel so scary. And I see people feeling very stuck and stagnant in situations that aren't fulfilling for them. There's no growth. They're not being paid well. They're not being rewarded. And I think the biggest thing that holds people back is the fear of the unknown and the fear that there's not something better out there or that they're not good enough for something better. And I would really encourage you to challenge that belief because every day that you are spending not challenging that belief is a day that you're investing your money in the account that's giving you 1% interest when there is an account out there that will give you 10%, right? There are companies out there that reward and promote and accelerate talent, and you don't need to be perfect. Like, don't get perfectionist about this. You don't need to be perfect to land a position at one of those companies, right? I think this is also where people really get in their own way is overestimating what is required to succeed on that kind of career path and underestimating their own talents, right? So they're assuming that they need to be so perfect to succeed in this career path. And then they're assuming that they're way worse at their jobs than they actually are. And those assumptions combined make them think like, well, that's not really possible for me, so I'm just going to stay at this place that I kind of don't like, that isn't fulfilling, that isn't rewarding me, where I'm not growing, because the thing that I want feels too far out of reach. And so... I would really, really encourage you to pressure test and question that belief if that's one that you hold. And one of the best ways to question it is to actually take the steps to get out of the organization that is not giving you a valuable return on your time, right? Like the one thing in life that we don't Get to create more of, right? Like the one thing that is a limited, fine, truly finite resource in our lives is our time. And when we work at organizations that don't reward us and don't aren't giving back to us at a level that feels equal and satisfying and fulfilling relative to what we're putting in. We are giving up time. We are giving up our most valuable limited resource to an organization that isn't valuing us or our time. So I feel so strongly about this one that Even if it feels scary to heed my advice to get out of work environments that are not supporting your growth, the reward on the other end is literally one of the highest, most valuable rewards that you can attain professionally. Feeling satisfied in your job, experiencing job satisfaction, experiencing true growth is going to increase the quality of your entire life. So if it feels scary for you to like look around at where you're working and really ask yourself, is this an organization that is supporting my job satisfaction, my fulfillment, my growth, my path to executive leadership? If it feels scary for you to pause and look around and ask that question and really confront those facts, all I wanna remind you is what's at stake is the quality of your life. And so ask yourself, is it worth it to slow down, to look at this, to maybe think about making some shifts and tweaks to my career path in order to improve the quality of my life. And of course, you might look around and you might be like, oh, my organization rocks. They are rewarding people. They are promoting people. It is fulfilling. They value their talent. There are paths to leadership for the people here who are interested in those things. If your organization checks those boxes, beautiful. You are good to go. But I want to raise your awareness of this so that you can figure out if the place where you work actually does fulfill those criteria. And more importantly, so that when you job search, this is a huge thing that is top of mind for you when you are doing those interviews, when you are job searching, is making sure that the place where you're landing is not like an attic filled with cobwebs where no one gets promoted until someone leaves or quits, but an organization that really promotes and rewards talent. I will, I'm gonna take a brief pause because my cat is going crazy right now. Hold on one second. Okay, we are back. I, usually you don't hear my cat in the background of my podcasts because I close my bedroom door and I just record in the silence and solitude of my bedroom. Um, but she's been having a rough couple of days, so my door was open, but she's being very meowy, so I just let her out. So the rest of this episode will be a little bit quieter. Um, but that kind of takes us through the end of part one, which is to make sure that you are at an organization that rewards talent and gives you a good return on the investment that you're making in that organization, which is your valuable career time. Because remember, the years that you have in your career are finite, You're choosing where to spend them, just like you're choosing where to spend a budget, right? So you want to spend them somewhere that's going to give you that good, rewarding experience. Okay, the second thing that you want to do if being on a path to building wealth and becoming a leader and getting into an executive position is important to you is you want to make yourself irreplaceable. Now, this is a huge topic. It could probably be its own entire podcast episode, but I, I first want to share conceptually what it means to be irreplaceable because I think it's going to make things click in your brain. And then I'm going to share practically one or two things that that might look like for you in your day-to-day job. So when you are irreplaceable and you offer something to a company that they can't easily go out and just hire someone to replace you with and get it becomes very, very important for for them that you don't leave. And when it becomes important for them that you don't leave, they're going to make sure that you are happy and you have what you want. And what you want, it gets to be whatever you want. But in this case, if you want to be on an upwards path to growth and you're someone who's flagged in an organization as someone that they really want to retain as top talent, then... They're almost like have you on a short list of like looking for opportunities for you or when opportunities open up, you might be one of the first names that comes up as a candidate for those opportunities because they know that A, you're a top performer, so they want to put top performers in really great opportunities so that, you know, they benefit from that. But B, they want you to be happy and they want you to experience job satisfaction so that they can retain you. So it's basically increasing your leverage, right? The more valuable you become to the organization, the more they want to retain you, which means the more they're gonna support you getting the things you want, and very likely, the more they're gonna support your rapid growth into leadership roles, into middle to upper management and beyond. Now, here's what's really important about making yourself irreplaceable, and I think this is something that I... Didn't figure out right away, but then once I figured it out, it really served me in my career. This is, I think, one of the reasons why I advanced so quickly, why my compensation grew so quickly, why I had so much success in such a short period of time is because as soon as I realized this and this clicked for me, I changed the way that I showed up. I changed the way that I approached my work and it created a ton of value for the organizations that I was at. And that value came back to me in the form of promotions, retention bonus, like top of market compensation, generous salary. And so I want you to have the same epiphany and have it click in your mind the same way it clicked for me. So being irreplaceable is, it goes a step beyond just having like really solid skills in what you do. Because usually for most positions out in the job market, there are lots of people that have that skill set, right? So let's just make up a fictional corporate position, or we'll use my position as an example. So I did strategy. I was a corporate strategist. That was my skill set. So there are a lot of people out there on LinkedIn, in the job market, in the world who are corporate strategists. Like I'm definitely not the only one who has the exact skill set that I had. There are many humans who have that skill set. So what makes you like highly irreplaceable is not the actual skills, and it's not even being really good at those skills. That helps you become more irreplaceable for sure. I'm not saying it's not valuable, but the real thing that makes you highly irreplaceable is when you're so embedded in an organization because of your relationships, because of the way that you know how to get things done, because of the way that you know how to navigate the people and the politics, because of the way that you know how to get results within the unique dynamics of that specific organization, when you are that embedded in an organization, it is nearly impossible to replace you Because replacing you means that all of the relationships that you built, right, all of the ways of getting things done that you have figured out within that organization has to start from scratch. And when you think about moving into executive roles and higher roles, it's not just about having skills and like showing up and like doing straightforward things with the skills you have. It's about accomplishing outcomes within the confines of a convoluted, intricate, interdependent, highly cross-functional organization, right? So typically, when you take a job, especially a job that's getting into management levels and above, they're not just going to say, hey, your job is to crank out these documents and then send off these documents and then go home and you're done, they're going to be like, your job is to figure out our strategy, and all the executives have to agree with it, and then you have to go execute it in partnership with six different cross-functional teams. Or your job, let's say you're a marketer, is to create a marketing plan, and it needs to be approved by the product teams, and it needs to be compatible with the financial goals and incentives of the company, and you need to get everyone to agree with it, and you need to get it over the line, right? So, You're not just creating things in a vacuum, you're creating things within this complex, intricate, interconnected web of people and leaders and teams and interests, right? And the better you get at navigating that, the more effective you become in your job, and you can't necessarily be immediately replaced by someone who has amazing marketing skills or who has amazing strategy skills because that person has to come in and rebuild all the relationships and all of the know-how that helps you get things done, that helps you get initiatives over the line. And depending on where you sit within the company and how embedded you've become, that can be really, really costly to a company. So when they have someone who's not just good at their job, not just performing really well, but who is so interconnected, has such strong relationships, is so embedded in the organization that they can get things done at a way more effective level, they are going to want to keep you in that organization. Even if keeping you means moving you somewhere else and somewhere better in the organization, they're still going to want to keep you. They're not going to want you to go somewhere else because what you've built and the effectiveness level that you're at is so valuable for them. And one of the biggest things that you can do, like an action step that you can do to begin becoming irreplaceable in that way is prioritize relationship building as much as you prioritize execution. I think one of the mistakes that people make when they're trying to grow into executive leadership is overestimating the importance of execution. Because when we start out at an earlier level in our career, we're individual contributors, we're pretty much just there to execute, right? We're given work, we do the work, we go home. And so We kind of train ourselves, our minds get trained to this idea of like, oh, I'm here to execute. I'm here to get things done. That's my job. And no one ever stops us and is like, okay, wait a minute. Your job used to be to like just get a lot of stuff done and execute, execute, execute. But now your job is to embed yourself in this organization. Build relationships across the organization. Make sure people know you and trust you and want to work with you and want to support you so that when it comes time for you to, you know, push forward a big initiative that has many different people and teams involved, and you bring all those people together, they're all like, heck yeah, we're going to help you. Heck yeah, our teams are going to cooperate. Like, heck yeah, we're going to support this timeline. Heck yeah, we're going to support this initiative, right? And when you get all of that support, that's when your work becomes much more effective. And so, What I'd want you to think about is the same way that you think about, okay, my job is to show up at this organization and get my work done, the same way you think about the urgency of that, I want you to think that there's a whole other part of your job, which is my job is to build as much trust and collaborative partnership as possible with the other humans in this organization whose teams participation and cooperation is critical for the success of my work. And there's a lot of different ways you can make this happen, right? Like the Really obvious way is like getting to know people and coffee chats and blah blah blah. But I also think just through the course of the work that you do when you're spending time with people, when you're working with people, when you're asking people for things, you can be really mindful that I'm not just working with these people transactionally or I don't just need this one thing from them, but really I'm engaging in a broader relationship building process where I'm building trust, I'm building collaboration, I want these people to get to know me, I want them to know that I'm there to support them so that. That they're there to support me. And you're really building this these like longer term almost alliances you can think of them as. And those alliances are going to support you in being more effective, especially as the complexity of the work that you do goes up. And so that's number two, which is being irreplaceable. And number three, number three gets back to so much of the essence of this show and my work. Number three is to get visible, right? You can be very irreplaceable in an organization, but if no one realizes that you're irreplaceable and no one is aware of how damn critical and key you are to the success of the organization then it's not going to matter, right? So just like step two doesn't matter, being irreplaceable doesn't matter if you're at an organization that doesn't even value or reward their talent. Likewise, being irreplaceable doesn't matter if no one knows about it. And so visibility is how people come to know about the talent and the unique value that you bring to your organization. And there are really two places where you build visibility, The first place that you build visibility is through interactions with people, right? Meetings, forums, places where people see you and your work. The more that they see you not just participate, right? But the more that they see you in their rooms participating in a way that shows them, this is my project, this is my leadership, this is my contribution, this is what I'm doing, The more they see that from you, the more clearly they make the connection between all of the wonderful outcomes that are happening from you and your team back to you, and they make that connection of like, oh, she's the one driving this project. She's the one with the good ideas. She's the one pushing this forward. She's the one getting resourceful. She's the one getting us unstuck. All of those epiphanies that they're gonna have of it's her, it's her, she's the one doing it, she's the one doing it, she's the one doing it. Those are gonna happen as you're participating in meetings and they're hearing those ideas, that leadership, that project, that suggestion, that idea to get unstuck, as they're hearing that coming out of your mouth, they're going to make more and more of those connections that the value is coming from you. So the first place to get visible is in meetings. And the second place to get visible, this is so, so freaking important, is through professional development conversations. So you're getting visible in meetings and meetings are usually focused on projects and work and execution but you also in parallel want to be having professional development conversations at minimum with your direct manager or whoever it is that you report to in your organization and also potentially having professional development conversations with other leaders within your organization who can become long-term supporters and advocates for you. So when you have professional development conversations, you shape the narrative of your value to the organization. So rather than you sitting back hoping to get noticed, hoping that your manager makes all those connections in their mind of all the value you're creating and everything you're doing, you proactively initiate conversations to create transparency and make them aware of what you're doing. Not in a braggy way, right? Right. In a grown up adult professional leadership way, this is something that we have to be able to do as leaders. We have to be able to speak about ourselves and our own growth, right? Not to be self indulgent, although I don't think there's really anything wrong with women being self indulgent. Like, let's indulge ourselves. But in order to create transparency and in order to make sure that the leaders in your organization understand the ways in which you're contributing, that is a super important piece of the puzzle. And I absolutely recommend, at minimum, having a professional development conversation with your manager at least once a month and also identifying some of those other stakeholders outside of your direct manager who could be future supporters when you make a big ask for either a promotion within the company or maybe you're job searching and you need really strong references, right? Like you want to be thinking that your manager isn't the only one that you want as a solid supporter. You want some other leaders and other influential people in your organization to also be supporting you. And you do that through getting visible directly with them through conversations about you and your growth. And it is okay to ask leaders to support your growth. That is part of their job at your company, right? Like they're getting paid the big bucks and they're in the big leadership roles, not just to like, you know, I'm kidding, right? But like not just to sit around and eat ice cream, but like also part of their role is to support the growth and development of people within the organization. And I'm sure when you're a high powered boss bitch executive and people across the organization come to you for guidance and mentorship and sponsorship and support, I hope that you'll support them and say, yeah, like, thank goodness for all the people that supported me. I'm absolutely going to support the talent in my organization to help them thrive and grow. And so Those are the two levels of visibility. There's visibility in meetings, and then there's visibility via professional development conversations, and both are so incredibly important to ensure that you're on a track to growth and leadership, and therefore building wealth in your corporate career. Woo! That brings us to the end of part three, and to recap the three pieces is one, make sure that you're in an organization that rewards talent, that promotes quickly, that is moving people into promotions and higher positions at a relatively regular and frequent cadence. Number two, make yourself irreplaceable, not just through the quality of the work that you do, but also through the way that you embed yourself within the organization and the relationships that you build. And Three, make yourself highly visible. Make it really easy for your leader and the other leaders around you to clearly see the value that you're bringing through being super present and a really strong participant and voice in meetings so that they can see that all that good work is coming from you and your brain and through professional development conversations so that you can help shape the narrative around the value that you bring. This stuff is so important. And if your career path matters to you, don't let this stuff fall by the wayside. Don't say like, well, maybe I'll try this. Like, just commit that you're going to go forward and you're going to take the steps you need to build the career that you want to build. Like I was saying before, I feel so strongly with about this and this comes up so much in my client work, but like, this is about the quality of your life, right? Like, this is about what you're going to be able to look back on and say like, oh, I accomplished that thing in my career that I thought I couldn't do or that seemed really hard, right? Like, these are, at least for me in my career, like, these are really important things. Like, I'm not okay with always being stagnant when I want to be experiencing growth. Like, I'm not okay with always wondering how things could have been. I'm someone who wants to find out and who, you know, is willing to do the work and willing to put in the effort. And so if you're teetering on the fence and you're like, oh, I don't know, like, this all sounds hard and this sounds like a lot, like, just make a conscious decision of how you want to approach hard things, how you want to approach the obstacles in your career, and know that as long as you're willing to be patient and as long as you're willing to take the steps that you need to take, even if it takes you some time to figure all of this stuff out, you will eventually get there and you will eventually figure it out. I am so happy to have you listening. If you want to take your growth deeper, this is an area where I can provide an enormous amount of support in terms of your professional evolution. It really depends on what areas you need help with. But if you need help with getting into an organization that's higher quality that actually promotes and, and rewards talent, or you need help getting visible within your organization, that's something that I can support you with via one-on-one coaching. I've helped clients like land big promotions. I've helped them switch out of companies that were keeping them stagnant and into much higher growth opportunities I've helped them make big leaps that they thought were impossible for themselves that is something that I can work with you in my one-on-one coaching and if the visibility piece is really important finding your voice speaking up becoming a stronger presence in meetings so that people can connect the really strong work that is being done with you and they're clear that you're you're the powerhouse you're the genius behind that work if you want to really help show them that in meetings, I invite you to join the wait list for the Art of Speaking Up Academy, where you will get to do the inner work on self-confidence and the mindset work to ensure that you're showing up in those meetings as the version of you who is a leader, who is on a path to executive, who is on a path to promotion, and who is showing up with that power, with that certainty, and with that leadership. If that is something you're interested in, head over to justguysatcoaching.com academy you can add yourself to the waitlist for the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And if you're interested in one-on-one support, the Academy is a group program. If you want one-on-one support, you want to work with just me, just me and you every week working on these things and getting your career aligned in the direction that you want it to be going in. You can apply to work with me one-on-one by going to justguessitcoaching.com coaching. And if you are not sure... If my one-on-one or my group program makes more sense for you, please feel free to send me a note. I will drop my email below and depending on where you're at, what your priorities are, what's really important to you, I can help you figure out which setting of coaching support is going to fit best and be the, the best place for you to get the outcomes that are most important to you. All right, I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. I'm going to wrap up this episode here. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was so fun to record. Go out, build the money, get the promotion, rise up, like, start enjoying all of the things that your career has out there. Like, the future of your career is waiting for you. Start having fun and start going after it. I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.